What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode three of Preloaded, the podcast that is dedicated to previewing and talking about all of the biggest and most exciting upcoming video games that you should definitely have on your radar. My name is Josh Finderup, and I am joined, as always, by the other half of Preloaded, Mr. Jackson Vanover. How are you doing, Jackson? I'm doing great, Josh. We have so much to talk about this week. I'm so excited to dive in. Yeah, we just saw Gamescom opening night. We're going to have an in-depth discussion about that. And we're also going to talk about the reveals of Gotham Knights and the reveal of Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. We also saw this week for the first time Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. So we're going to get into all of that. You'll definitely want to stay tuned. But for now, we do have some housekeeping to go over. You can catch Preloaded. We post it every Monday. You can catch the video on-demand version over on Jackson's YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, just go to YouTube, search JV, J-A-Y-V-E-E, and he'll pop right up, and you can, again, watch the video on-demand version. You can also listen to Preloaded. We post, again, on Monday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of those platforms, we have a special favor to ask of you this week. It would definitely help us out if you post a quick five-star review, or if you're feeling generous, you could do a written review and let people know why you like listening to Preloaded. So again, that would definitely help us as we're trying to grow our audience. You can also write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And we welcome all of your comments, all of your feedback, but we'd also love to get your questions. If you have anything you want to hear Jackson and I talk about, write in with anything you want, and uh, we'll get to that on the following week's show. And speaking of, we are going to kick things off this week with our question of the week, which actually came in the prior week from Casey. And Casey asked, what are our favorite new IPs from this generation? So Jackson, I will kick this over to you and then I'll answer. But what are your favorite new IPs from this generation? So for me, first off, thank you, Casey, for the question. Um, Two come to mind. And I don't want to just give this one because I have a feeling you might have told me, Josh, that this is yours. But Horizon Zero Dawn is a great new IP that came out this generation. It was the best new IP seller uh, until Ghost of Tsushima came and dethroned it. Um, Such a fantastic open world game uh, that I really can't wait to see the sequel for on Next Generation. And then my next one would be Ghost of Tsushima. Um, That was also such a fantastic new IP. It's funny, Sony has done such a great job this generation um, with these new IPs. So those were mine. Those are awesome. Yeah, you actually uh, took a bit of the wind out of my sails. Those were (laughs) both ones that I was going to mention, but I'm going to go with, so man, it's hard. This is not a new IP, um, but it was a new intro to the series. I mean, Spider-Man is my second favorite uh, PlayStation exclusive of all time. So that's, again, I know I'm cheating. That's not really a new IP, (laughs) but I did really enjoy Death Stranding. Now, it wasn't like my game of the year or anything, but I was really surprised how much I liked playing through Death Stranding when I did. Um, you know, that's a high-profile game that I just could not get through. Um, it just wasn't for me, but I understand the praise. A lot of people really loved that game. 
Yeah, I could not stop thinking about it when I was playing it. But the funny thing was, when I was playing it, I couldn't stop thinking about how just repetitive it, it, it was. But when I put it down and stepped away, I, all I wanted to do was come back and finish it. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go with Death Stranding. But I, I also have to give a shout out to Horizon Zero Dawn and Ghost of Tsushima. So thanks, Casey, for that question. Again, everyone, keep them coming right in. Preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions and we'll... Uh, Uh, try to discuss as much of uh, them as we can on the next week's show. Moving on, let's get into some of the games. And we are going to kick that off with our Out This Week section. Every week we go through the the games that came out starting on Monday and move all the way through Friday, uh, the week that we post the podcast. So starting this week, this is uh, Monday. There actually isn't anything that uh, comes out of note, but Tuesday... We have three games that we want to highlight. Uh, Tuesday, September 1st, we have Ari and the Secret of Seasons, which is a kind of a Zelda-based platformer where the seasons change and the gameplay uh, uh, you know, is affected by that. Uh, then we have two strategy games, which look like pretty hardcore strategy games, Crusader Kings 3 for PC and Iron Harvest uh, for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Crusader Kings, kind of an uh, old-world strategy game and Iron Harvest, if I uh, remember correctly, has a bit of a sci-fi bent to it. Any of these catch your interest, Jackson? Uh, personally, not for me. I will say that RE looks like an interesting indie game, but I'm just kind of not in the mood for something like that right now. So maybe I'll check it out later and see what the reviews turn out to be. Uh, next on uh, Wednesday, there's nothing again of note, but on Thursday, we have uh, WRC World Rally Championship 9. Um, if you're into racing games, you going to pick this up, Jackson, or are you going to pass on this one? Uh, definitely going to pass here. I didn't know there were eight other WRCs, so it's just one of those <laughs> IPs that's completely new to me. Yeah, I mean, visually, the, these games, I think they look really good, but uh, yeah, I, I probably will pass. I The only games, racing games I really play are the Horizon and Forza series. Um, but then we get into the heavy hitters on Friday, September 4th. We have Marvel's Avengers finally comes out of its beta shell and releases in, in full. NBA 2K21 also releases on Friday. And my personal most anticipated game of the week, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 or 1 plus 2. All of those come out on Friday. Which of these are you most looking forward to, Jackson? So I know I didn't talk very fondly of uh, Avengers, but I will be playing it. I really liked the story sections of that game and... Um, the early access for this actually starts on September 1st, if you got the correct edition of the game, I believe. So uh, I'm going to be diving into Avengers this weekend. I really hope that playing the game uh, sort of uh, heightens my opinion of it from the beta. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was My excitement was kind of dampened by the beta, unfortunately, but I did pre-order it, so I might as well jump in and see what it's all about, see if uh, it, it um, can suck me in. And maybe I'll even get into the multiplayer. We'll see. But yeah, I'm definitely looking uh, forward mostly to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, going to get uh, that dose of nostalgia. So again, all those come out on Friday. Uh, and with that, we are going to look at the review roundup every week after we look at the games that came out. We look at the uh, reviews for games that came out the prior week. And this week, the the best reviewed game by far uh, is Wasteland 3. And Jackson, I know you said you were planning on picking this up. Um, have you had a chance to play it yet? Uh, I have not. Um, so it actually comes out uh, the day after we're recording this video. 
Um, gotcha. So I wasn't able to get a code from In Exile, but I've been watching some early streams and some reviews. People are really liking this. It's that classic CRPG uh, experience that we don't get to see as much these days made from the people who originally came up with Fallout. So it's definitely something that I'm going to play. Right. And I actually forgot to mention the review scores that it's uh, gathered up on Open Critic right now. It's sitting at an 85% critic average and 98% of reviewers are recommending it. And I'm also really excited that this, even though this is on multiple platforms, this released uh, on PlayStation 4, PC and Xbox, it is an Xbox owned studio. So I'm happy for Xbox that this is reviewing well. Uh, they need a couple of wins uh, in their in their column. Me too. And it's worth noting that this is on Game Pass. I yes. didn't know that. So that's awesome. I'm going to get to play this game without, you know, shelling out extra money outside of my subscription. It's awesome. Yeah, I'd actually, maybe I'll play it for, for that reason. Uh, mm-hmm. The next game that uh, reviewed is uh, Project Cars 3. We mentioned this game last week. Uh, it's actually reviewing pretty well. 74% uh, average critic review and 72% are recommending it. So not great, but definitely um, if you're a racing fan, this is uh, probably worth checking out. Next is PGA Tour 2K21 sitting at a 77% uh, critic average and a 76% as far as how many reviewers are recommending it. And lastly, we have Tell Me Why, which the reviews just dropped uh, today. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, we record this show on Thursday and post on Monday. So the reviews for Tell Me Why just dropped today, and that's sitting at a 78% uh, average with 73% recommending it. I plan on checking out Tell Me Why. I really like that that game is telling a story about uh, if I... I'm reading it right, a transgendered character. Um, I really like when game companies tell stories of, you know, underrepresented groups. I think that's really important. So for that reason, I'll probably check this out, but we'll see if it, uh, you know, I was hoping it would review a little bit better. Yeah, I didn't actually know that that's what, tell me why that kind of story was being told. And like you, I really appreciate representation. I think games are a perfect platform for that. So I'm excited to hear what you think, and I may check it out myself. Yeah, so we are now going to take a very quick break, and when we get back, we are going to jump into our week in previews, where we're going to start with, anyway, all the stuff that we saw at DC Fandom. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are going to get into our news in previews section, and for this section, what we do, we talk about all of the news that came out for games that are coming out, but we also talk about any hands-on previews that we have, and I do believe we have one. I'll uh, leave that for Jackson to reveal later. But for now, we are going to talk about the stuff we saw at DC Fandom, starting with Gotham Knights. Now, this was a incredibly highly anticipated reveal. Uh, this is the game that WB Montreal has been working on since they released uh Arkham Origins. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Jackson, but I don't think that they've ever that they've released anything since then. So I they, don't believe so. Yeah, so they've been working on this game for a long time. Now, this was not what I think many people expected. I think a lot of people expected a Batman game, but this is actually a game within uh, obviously Gotham City, but it doesn't feature Batman. In fact, in the storyline that they revealed, we'll see if this holds true, Batman has died, and you actually take the role of four characters, Nightwing, Batgirl, Robin, and Red Hood. And uh, this is a, it is a single-player slash two-player co-op open-world game that has some RPG elements. Um, you can play, again, two players or single-player Either way, before I ramble on too much about this game, Jackson, what were your initial impressions? 
I liked what we saw. I think that it had that distinct Arkham flavor, even though this is not a rock steady game. Um, WB Montreal, I mean, they did work on Arkham Origins, right? But they still managed to have that same feel. Um, so very dark, very uh, Batman-esque, if you will. And so I don't know that, I don't think Batman is going to be in the game. I know there's been a lot of conversation of like, Batman's not dead. He can't be. I do think that Batman's dead. Every interview that you read is like, Batman is dead. The focus is on these new characters. Um, But I really liked what I saw. It looked like an extension of the Arkham gameplay in more of kind of a co-op friendly format. And let me ask you actually for a clarification. Can you not play four players in this? Is it maximum two if you're playing co-op? My understanding was that it is maximum two, but if if we want to look that up real quick, we can. But that was my understanding that it was it was one or two players. Yeah, because for me, I was thinking this was going to be a four player game, um, but it's kind of murky. If you look at the gameplay and the reveal and what kind of game this is, it's a little confusing on what we're getting in terms of the final product. So I'm hoping that they'll give us a more uh you know, open look in the near future. Yeah, so I just pulled up a quick article from Games Radar, and they say Gotham Knights co-op is limited to two players and online only. So, wow, it does sound like, yeah, and that actually was a relief to me um, because as we've seen with Avengers, the more characters and the more um, ability sets you bring into a level at any given time, it seems like you might have to kind of dilute the level design to, to accommodate everybody. Right. Um, now, I know that you will be able to use any of these four characters, so maybe that doesn't apply, but it seemed like the, like the puzzle solving, for example, if there's puzzle solving in this, like we've seen in games like The Last of Us and God of War, you can have really clever and fun puzzles with two characters in the level at once, but once you start introducing three or maybe four, it seems like those interactive level elements might get a little boring for like you might have a third or fourth wheel in the party. So I was actually relieved for the reasons I just explained that this is going to be limited to fewer players. But I definitely understand that people who wanted to play this game with three other friends might be disappointed. Right. And I think for those people, we have other games that are being compared to Gotham Knights, Um, not necessarily fairly, but Marvel's Avengers. I mean, that is a game that's going to accommodate four player parties and you know, give you that kind of chaos of uh, playing with four people at once in the same game. Yeah, and the developers have said very clearly that this is not a game as a service. Now, I know that a lot of people might listen to that with some cynicism and, uh, you know, kind of take a wait and see approach. But it does seem to me that this is more of a story focused game that you happen to be able to play with a friend. Um, And so I, I don't look at look at it quite the same as I do the Avengers. I don't anticipate that this is going to have such a long tail. And we know this is a 2021 release, current and next gen. I'm really excited to see when this thing is coming out. I'm anticipating like August or September next year. Yeah, yeah, me too. So yeah, stay tuned. Um, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about this sometime next year. We probably won't hear much about it for the rest of this year, but anything else you wanted to add, Jackson? Just that overall, I really liked what I saw. I'm excited to play it. Yeah, me too. I I actually, I warmed up to this game. At first, I was a little bummed that it was kind of this, uh, you had these multiple characters that you could play through, but uh, the more time has passed, I'm actually very excited for this. And and to be fair, 
Arkham Origins was a fantastic game. I know a lot of people don't like it, at least when compared to the other Arkham games, but um, I think WB Montreal can pull this off. Absolutely. The next reveal we saw that same day and potentially maybe the more anticipated reveal was Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. The reason this being the more anticipated reveal is that it is developed by Rocksteady, who developed uh, the three Arkham games that uh, kind of make up the the core trilogy that everybody loves so much. So this is going to be a, it's much different than the Arkham games. In fact, Gotham Knights is more Arkham than this game, I would say. This takes place in Metropolis, not Gotham. It's much brighter. It's got a much more humorous tone than the Arkham games. And you obviously play the Suicide Squad. You play the bad guys and you're trying to take out, at the very least, a Superman who has been possessed. You know, with the title of this game, it's likely that you'll be taking out the entire Justice League. Anyhow, I thought the most interesting bit that we got in terms of hard information is this will be a third-person, quote, action-adventure shooter, according to Rocksteady. What are your thoughts, Jackson? I think that I was disappointed initially that we only got a CG trailer. I think a lot of people were expecting more. And so the overall effect of being really hyped for an announcement and only getting a CG trailer really took the wind out of the sails for me. Um, But generally speaking, I'm pretty excited for this game. But when you don't give us gameplay, I mean, we were talking about this last week with reveals. When you don't give us gameplay, you just kind of don't know what you're getting into. You can get these buzzwords and um, descriptions like third-person action-adventure shooter, but we have no clue based on this CG trailer. So that's where I am. Yeah, and they actually seemed really reticent to mention anything about gameplay. I noticed it wasn't until the very end of the interview they had with the game's creative director where they mentioned that this is a one-to-four-player co-op experience And that was what I think was on everybody's mind at first was, okay, can you play this um, solo? Is it it, um, four-player co-op through and through? And it does sound like you will be able to play it alone, similar to Gotham Knights. Um, But when you're playing alone, you will be accompanied by three other AI-controlled characters. So this is really a four-player experience. Um, Even if you're playing alone, you'll have the other AI-controlled characters with you. Um, for me personally, that's actually why I'm more excited now about Gotham Knights than this game. But mm-hmm. I know I know that Rocksteady is one of the best developers in the world. And so I do believe they can pull this off. And I am looking forward to it. I am too. I think the Rocksteady name attached to this project, even after seeing that trailer, is what keeps it um, you know, interesting for me personally. But it was also just so disappointing to see 2022 flash across the screen in that trailer. <laughs> yep. I mean... Goodness gracious, it's just, it's something that we, again, we talked about last week when you show off a CG trailer for a game that's not coming out for at least, what is it, 13 months? Or not 13, 15 months? That kind of sucks. Yeah, it is. uh, That is a long time to wait. Um, But, uh, you know, and and actually to that point, that means that it will have been seven years since Rocksteady's (laughs) previous release with uh, Arkham Knight. you know, I, I can't recall if their VR Arkham game came out after Arkham Knight, but as far as mainline releases go, yeah, it's been a long wait. And just uh, to um, include this so we don't leave it out, the, the four characters that you can play are Harley Quinn, Deadshot, King Shark, and Captain Boomerang. And I looked, after I read that this game was a shooter, I rewatched the trailer, and they do all have a gun of some sort. Some have, like, a rifle like Deadshot. Others have a shotgun. can't remember who it is. And then, and then um, I think either King Shark or Captain Boomerang has a pistol. So there'll definitely right. be a lot of gunplay in this game. 
and hopefully a lot of shark gameplay you know <laughs> i want to chomp some heads off that would be awesome yeah i've never i'm not really <laughs> familiar with king shark but he he is pretty charming as far as uh bad guys go i'm excited to uh see where they take these characters um that is suicide squad killed the justice league Next, we actually have a hands-on preview. Jackson, you mentioned last week that you were able to play Mafia Definitive Edition early. So I will just let you take it away and tell us how that went for you. Yeah, so 2K gave me some preview code for Definitive Edition for Mafia. And it's funny, for me, I didn't play the original Mafia, so I had nothing really to reference to except for the other Mafia games. Uh, Mafia 2 was my first foray into the series in 2010, so... Um, this was kind of like experiencing a new story for me, uh, but with an updated engine and updated mechanics and everything like that. So I played three hours of the game. Okay. Uh, it was a very linear experience, um, but it was very true to the original game insofar as I went back and looked and checked out, like, this is what happens in these missions, and it lined up perfectly. So I can kind of see how this is going to be really satisfying for fans of the series um i'm typically like the idea of a remaster isn't my favorite but in plain definitive edition i was like they just nailed it like you can do a remaster uh the right way or the wrong way and they absolutely did it the right way from what i played um i do want to caution people it's not an open world game i think a lot of people will look mm. at mafia and say oh open world gta set in the 1930s it's just not. Um, there's a separate game mode called Free Ride. I didn't get to play it and where you can explore this open city. Um, but it is a linear story, narrative-based experience. Lots of cutscenes, heavy emphasis on the characters. It's really all about the writing and the plot with the Mafia games. Um, so with that, you get some, what I would describe very bare-bones third-person shooting. It's not that it's not satisfying. It's like what you get out of Uncharted is a good comparison, I would think. It's just very clean, very polished, but not mechanically impressive or pushing the envelope there. Um, lots of driving. I love the driving in the Mafia games. It feels really unique. And I actually played it on the simulation level, so it was very difficult, um, which I appreciate, actually, when they make you uh, sort of rely on physics more than most other games that let you drive around. But uh, yeah, Josh, did you have any questions about my experience? Uh, yeah, I was curious um, how any of if you got to play any of the actual like action, like a gunfight or um, the, the action side of the action adventure and how that felt for you. Um, it felt great. I think there were mm, a handful of gunplay scenarios, so maybe like five separate ones. Um, I think I in total, I played six chapters, so six missions. And I believe there's over 20 missions in the whole game. So it's a pretty solid chunk of the entire experience that I got to play. But uh, yes, in terms of action, it did deliver um, on those set pieces. It's another thing that Mafia is great at is giving you huge set pieces that are grounded in whatever setting that the game is. Um, so 1930s, you know, everyone's got their gangster outfits on, their yeah. Tommy guns, that kind of thing. So it de definitely delivers on that uh, flavor and also the driving. Um, like I mentioned, it's just awesome. It feels really good. And the game runs really well. That's one more thing I want to give you guys. Uh, Mafia 3 had some bad technical issues on launch. Didn't feel that with the definitive edition. So I hope that that's how the full game feels. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing that has struck me about the footage I've seen of Mafia, and you kind of touched on this, but just was that they got that, 
that feel of like 19, I don't know, does it take place in the 20s? It's the 30s. The 30s. So they, they, but they got that feel of that era. It seems like really right where you have these like glowing fluorescent lights, the, the, the old, I don't know, that just downtown old city feel. And I'm, I, I, if I play this, you know, that's one of the things I'll be looking forward to. It's just that kind of ambiance. It seems like they nailed it. They really do a good job. Um, People criticize Mafia 3's open world, I think, fairly. Um, but New Bordeaux, New Orleans was a fantastic open world. There was just nothing to do in it. And I think that's the same thing for Lost Heaven. That's mm. the fictional city in Mafia Definitive Edition. Yeah, uh, It's kind of a mix of Chicago and New York, and it feels like both of those places. Yeah, and I do hope that there is stuff to do. I did play the original Mafia all the way back when it came out. And the funny thing is, I remember oh, awesome. it. I remember it as being open world, but that might actually have come out before open world as we know it was a thing. And uh, um, I do remember it feeling very empty and very sterile, um, just not a lot of stuff to do. But again, we're talking almost 20 years old. So um, and to that point, you know, this game looks more more than a remaster. This looks like almost a rebuild. It is. They re-recorded. Um, they rewrote. They re-recorded, obviously, the audio. Um, they even did another orchestral score for the game. So it is as like, they put as much resources into a remaster as I feel that you can without compromising the original game. Well, cool. Uh, when does mafia three come out? So this comes out September 25th. So from the time we're recording this, uh, podcast, that is four weeks away, almost five weeks. Yeah. Or Mafia Definitive Edition. I just said Mafia 3. I meant Mafia Definitive Edition. Yes, <laughs> Definitive Edition. Yeah, cool. Um, well, thanks for that. Uh, the next uh, game we want to talk about is another reveal, uh, a huge reveal. We got to see Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War just yesterday. And I got to say, I was really pleased with what I saw. I thought it was really cool how they integrated the reveal into like a Warzone mission. I mean, I know you play Warzone, so maybe you can speak to that. But it seemed really cool. The campaign looks awesome. We haven't seen any multiplayer, but you're more of the Call of Duty guy than I am. So what what did you think of all this, Jackson? Um, So I I experienced the reveal live. Um, You had to be in Warzone uh, to do it, and it was only open for an hour. So it was a very limited experience, and it's very Fortnite in that way, a live event. You had to be there to experience it, and it was really, really cool. I think they played on the conspiracy elements very well. Uh, in Warzone, you usually have objectives on your screen, but they like blacked them out, you know, in that redacted mm-hmm. black ink. And then they slowly revealed them and you did these cryptic object- objectives leading up to a trailer. Um, so I think you can criticize it and say it could have been more, but just the um, event aspect of it was really impressive for me. Yeah, I agree. I watched someone after the fact uh, who, had, who had posted a video of it and it seemed really cool. And I have to say, I really like the... Uh, direction that they're going. This really seems like a more covert ops style campaign. And they give you this feeling like, oh, we're going to get to see what really happened during the 1980s with Ronald Reagan in that little black room where everybody's um, right. talking about their mission. And uh, I'm I'm intrigued by that. Um, the action I thought looked good, but that's kind of table stakes for Call of Duty. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think- And looks- the game is, sorry to cut you out. The game's coming out November 13th. Right. Should be, should be cool. Also, one thing of note- um, that may be a bummer for people. You can get the current gen version for $60, but if you want the cross gen bundle, you're going to have to pay $70. So we're getting a little more information as far as how that whole situation is going to shape up for next gen AAA titles. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because it depends on the publisher and the developer. Like, who wants to give you a free upgrade to the next generation? Um, Activision is showing us very clearly that they don't. They want to squeeze a little bit more money out of you um, in order for you to get the uh, highest tier version, I guess you could say, the next gen version. Yep. Yeah. So um, could be a bummer. It's also kind of nice that you can still get both versions for one price without buying both. So kind of a double-edged sword, I guess you could call it. Um, But moving on, we do want to talk about one more game that I don't know if this was the official reveal that it got this last week, but everybody started talking about a game called Black Myth Wukong, which if you saw the gameplay reveal, it was a 13-minute video that was posted. This is a game that's being developed in China by an indie developer, and it's a third-person action-adventure that definitely has some Dark Souls and Bloodborne influences, um, but it also looks to have some more action-adventure influences. But long story short, the gameplay looked amazing. It did. Very next-gen, and did you did you get to see this trailer, Jackson? I did, Josh. I watched it this morning, actually, and uh, it blew me away. It looks very good. Um, It's only a 13-man studio, and they were inspired by God of War, Monster Hunter, and Sekiro. And you can see those influences in the gameplay. But uh, a lot of people were speculating if this was developed in an Unreal Engine 5, Mm -hmm. and it's actually being made in Unreal Engine 4. But the quality of the gameplay is so incredible that I have a sneaking kind of bad suspicion that that's not what we're going to get, yep. you know, when it comes out. And that's kind of a bummer. Like, that's the only thing holding me back from extreme hype because what we saw looked and felt amazing. Yeah, it looks really fluid and the effects look great. And it also just the the amount of... I think if there's anything that we can probably count on making it into the final version is just the amount of creativity, whether the visuals mm-hmm. and the technical aspects of it hold up, we'll have to wait and see. But there was a lot of creativity involved. You can you know, transform into a, a bug and fly around the level if you want. Um, or you like what during combat, there was a part where the, the main character split into like, you know, 20 different clones of himself and they all attacked this boss that they were fighting. So really creative stuff. But I agree. I mean, this may be a, a case of um, a game that looks better than it will when it releases. Because <laughs> to your point, I don't know if I've seen an Unreal Engine 4 game that even looks this good. But uh, we'll see. There's no release date, I don't think. And I do think that it's set to release on both. I think they say PC and consoles. And that's sure to be next gen. <laughs> um, right. And uh, one last bit uh, on this is that they did release this trailer saying that it was basically a recruitment tool. They, they put this out there hoping to attract talent to their studio. So take that for what it's worth. Right. They put a lot of time and effort into this thing, and it really shows. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that's the, uh, the, the real meaty previews that we want to talk about this week. We do have some uh, what we're going to call quick hits, some stories that came out that... Um, you may be interested to know if you want to know more, uh, just do a quick Google search on these. The first one is uh, Nintendo. This is more of a rumor. Uh, there are some reports that surfaced via Bloomberg that there is a new Nintendo Switch in the works. Now, this is not a new rumor, but there was some new reports that a source had said that Nintendo is working on a uh, version of the Nintendo Switch that will be able to output 4K and that it will release in 2021 and it will release with some other games alongside it. Uh, any any thoughts here, Jackson? My quick thoughts are that it makes perfect sense. The Nintendo Switch is a killer of a console. It's doing so well. 
and it has consistently done well since it came out. So makes sense to keep investing in the platform. Yeah, I think we'll see something in 2021. That would be my bet. Uh, so that'll be exciting to keep an eye on. But right now, nothing has been confirmed. It's just uh, basically in the rumor mill for now. The last two uh, quick hits we have is uh, this last week, there was a Gollum teaser trailer. So Gollum from the Lord of the Rings, he's getting his own game, and it is a stealth action adventure, according to the uh, developers of the game. And this is going to uh, come out on PC and next-gen consoles next year. And then we also got some um, Outriders information. Uh, I don't know if you want to cover this real quick, Jackson. Sure, yeah. Um <laughs> I, I hate to be the the that guy here, but Outriders has been super unimpressive to me. They released a new, or revealed a new class. There's four classes in this looter shooter Destiny style game, and uh, some of my friends, some press, got to play more of the game. And people are saying they like the way it feels, but every single time I see this thing, I feel like it's very generic and underwhelming. Um, so that were, those were my impressions of Outriders. Yeah. I, I can't say I'm terribly excited about Outriders, but I'm rooting for it. You know, it's a, it's a new IP and, uh, it's looks like it does have some talent behind it. So I'm hoping that it ends up being better than it has looked. Cause I agree. I haven't been terribly impressed. Yeah. You know, I always root for games to be really good. I may think they look bad, but I want these developers to succeed. So I'm in the same boat. So that rounds out the news in previews, and we are going to continue this with our featured topic of the week, because actually just prior to this show recording, we got to see Gamescom opening night live, and it was a very long show. I think it was uh, pushing two hours, and we got to see a lot of games. Now, whether there were a lot of games that people were excited about, I'm not so sure. There was some stuff in here that I thought was cool. Jackson, was there anything at Gamescom opening night live that that surprised you no and i think jeff said it best in the pre-show he said that this opening night live is meaningful updates on existing games rather than shock moments yeah and i wrote that down i watched the show and i wanted to see if he delivered on that and absolutely that's exactly what the show was yeah we we did get to see some new stuff um i think they kicked off the show with what might have been the most interesting like new IP or new new game that we hadn't seen. It was a game called Unknown Nine Awakening. And we it was just a CG trailer. We got to see a girl, a young girl who was uh, in some sort of trouble. And when some people came up to her, she was able to like shift into some alternate realm. But other than that, I think for the most part, we got to see known quantities at this show. Um, we can just kind of go down the list of things that we thought were were interesting from from there I think of note we we should definitely mention that we got a mention of Dragon Age 4 that was while literally no information whatsoever they basically just talked about the game without saying anything we now know that Dragon Age still exists <laughs> yes and uh for me I I love this studio I love BioWare and uh, I was actually an EA game changer for a while for Anthem, which we all know how Anthem turned out, unfortunately. But um, it was really awesome for me personally to see this team excited about what they were working on next because there's just been a lot of rough patches for Bioware over the last couple of years. Uh, so Dragon Age is still in early production. Um, we had some information about how the story is what happens when you don't have power for the protagonist. Yeah. When people in charge don't address issues, which is an interesting angle that I 
feel like is almost political, which is cool in a way. It's not something we see in games a lot. Um, and again, very early. I don't anticipate that we'll see Dragon Age 4 for at least three more years in terms of coming out. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll show us more in the near future. But I love to see these people excited for their game. It was awesome to me. Yeah, I, I agree. It was it was cool to see. It's nice to have them acknowledge that, hey, we are working on stuff because I think whatever's next for Bioware is kind of a big question mark. Now we know that, um, you know, in addition to them working on Anthem, they're hard at work on on Dragon Age. So that was cool. Uh, maybe we can kind of go back and forth here. I'll toss it over to you. Was What was the next game on the list that kind of you thought was noteworthy or worth talking about? Uh, so for me, we got a small look at the Doom Eternal DLC, yep. the Ancient Gods Part 1, which is confirmed coming out October 20th, which is right around the corner. To me, I look at the release date calendar and I'm like, that's a nice bite-sized little piece of game that I'll be able to play before November blows us all away with the consoles <laughs> and uh, all of the new big releases. Like there's one week in November that just sucks. Um, you've got like Valhalla and... Um, cyberpunk and so many other things but this game uh, blew me away when I played it in March earlier this year uh, there's nothing like the new Doom games nothing like it in terms of how it makes me feel when I play it uh, massive set pieces kind of goes deeper into the lore of Doom Eternal um, I was excited to see another look at that game yeah I, I may pick this up if I'm not busy with trying to play everything that I want to play before we get to the that yeah. game of the year discussion so you kind of have to move a little bit forward in the show to get to the next game that really excited me. Um, the one game that I had never even heard of, I think it was, I think this was brand new, was Teardown. Uh, this looks like a really interesting idea. Basically, the whole world in this game is built out of what basically are Legos, and you have to destroy the world to make a path to pull off a heist. So, very interesting indie game. Um, I don't know if you. If this surprised you at all, but I thought this just looked super cool. I thought it looked incredible. Uh, Jeff talked it up. I had actually seen Teardown before. Okay. It was revealed uh, sometime in the last year, I want to say, um, as just kind of like this. I don't I don't know if it's a one-man project, but Jeff kind of talked about it as being one or like the creative director is just this visionary. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's voxel-based. And it's about getting from point A to point B as quickly as possible, but your environment is completely destructible, which a lot of games have claimed to do, but it looks like Teardown actually will in yes. a very cool artistic way. So I really liked Teardown as well. Yeah, that, that was cool. Uh, anything, did I, did I skip over anything between Doom and you know, Teardown for you? There was a really big gap in Gamescom <laughs> where I was like, uh, can we just get to the next big thing? Okay, what was the next big thing for you? For me, it was Star Wars Squadrons. Same here. Interestingly. So uh, what did you think about it, Josh? Well, I think this game looks great. I do have one big concern that I'll get into in a minute, but I'm a huge fan of the Rogue Squadron games. And while that was more of okay. a third-person uh, you know, shooter, this is a first-person shooter. You're in the cockpit. Um, I, it definitely takes me back to that, so I'm really excited. And the fact that... I don't play a lot of VR, but I might put on my headset. I have a PlayStation VR. I might put on my headset for this. My big concern is that the HUD and the cockpit just seems to take up so much real estate that I wonder if that's going to hinder the experience. But other than that, I think this game looks fantastic. It's $40, so I'm in. 
Yeah, I, I want to play it too. And I didn't think that I would. Um, th- they announced that it's coming out October 2nd. So that's right around the corner. That's in a bit of a dead zone and releases that we know about. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to play it. But uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the cockpit. My initial reaction, and this is something that we already saw from like the E3 stuff that happened a couple months ago, uh, was that I love that it's all ingrained in the world. Like you don't have artificial HUD. Everything is like mm-hmm. attached to a computer or something in the cockpit, which anytime a game does that, like Dead Space, for example, the UI is on the back of Isaac Clark's, you know, suit. It's all ingrained in the world. I love when a game does that, but you're right. The HUD really, or sorry, the, the cockpit dominates a lot of screen real estate. Yeah, particularly in the uh, Imperial ship. The the uh, Rebel ship, yeah. it's not so bad, but you have that full 300, uh, that circle window, I guess, uh, for the um, TIE fighters. I, I think it's a TIE fighter that you're in. I might be wrong about that, but um, just looks like it takes up like 50% of the screen space. But we'll see. Uh, you know, they. I, I, I'm assuming they've play tested the heck out of this and it's probably just something that you don't notice after five minutes of playing the game. At least that's my Sure, opinion. and like you said, I may whip out my um, my Oculus Rift to check this out. Uh, it's something I haven't touched in a while, but this is like, it feels like one of those games that was made to be experienced in VR. Yep, yeah, absolutely, no doubt. Uh, so that, that does look cool. The next game for me that looked really interesting, and I've been interested in this ever since it was first revealed, we didn't get to see much of it, but 12 minutes, uh, I was just like, Super enthralled when I first saw this and then seeing the cast that they've pulled together for this game. Clearly, the voice acting is going to be fantastic. Daisy Ridley, uh, who plays Ray from Star Wars, Willem Dafoe and James McAvoy, who both are fantastic actors. I mean, all three of them are. So that's uh, I'm I'm super hyped for this. Me too. Uh, it's it's an indie title, um, so it's going to be a little more niche. But like you, I was instantly enthralled by it when they first revealed it. It's about a man stuck in a time loop, and it seems like the decisions that you make will affect the time loop. And I assume that the loop is every 12 minutes. That would make some sense. Yeah, and the stakes uh, seem to be really high. Like, it seems like someone breaks into your home and kills your wife or or significant other, um, or, you know, or doesn't, depending on what decisions you make. And so, really interesting. Yes, I'm excited to play it. And did you see at the end, it said Xbox One and Xbox Series X? No, I didn't see that. So, I believe it's got some kind of exclusivity i do now that you mention it i do think when they first showed this game at an xbox event this was mm-hmm. um touted as either like a console exclusive or you know microsoft has so many different types of exclusives they've they've got nowadays but yes I, I i think you're correct on that all right what what's the next game on your list on my list i just wanted to briefly mention how uh, disappointed i was by that tiny odd godfall gameplay it was like 30 <laughs> seconds long they showed what they called a sneak peek at a new Valor armor or Valor plate called Vertigo. Looked like a bug, like it had some Scorpion, like get over here mechanics. Uh, this game just continues to be un- underwhelming for me. I just don't get it. I am right there with you. It's Godfall does not really speak to me. Um, I think the only reason I might pick this up is if it is one of the very few launch games uh, with that launches with the PS5 and the Xbox Series. Well, the PS5, excuse me, this is an exclusive. Mm-hmm. So if there's nothing else to play on the PS5 at launch, I might pick this up, but it just doesn't, I'm not a big looter shooter guy. Uh, so a, a looter slasher, I think is what they're calling this. Doesn't, right. doesn't really do it for me, but who knows? Maybe it'll review fantastic. I mean, uh, uh, it's Gearbox that's developing this, I think, isn't it? Uh, Counterplay is the developer, which okay. I don't, I'm not familiar with their history, but Gearbox, their publishing, publishing house it. is publishing this game. Okay. So, so yeah, 
I, I I'll I'll take a wait and see on Godfall. Next up, I have to go all the way down to Fall Guys, even though I haven't been playing that. I know everybody was super excited about the reveal of season two. What was your uh, impression of the Fall Guys reveal? So I was really excited for it because, like I've mentioned on the podcast, it's just a stupid, fun game that I'm enjoying right now. Yep. Um, and so it just delivers on what I wanted, which was new rounds. So Fall Guys, I guess like a lot of games, when you put enough time into it and it has simple mechanics, it's going to get repetitive and it's going to get old. Yep. I've hit that wall uh-huh. with Fall Guys, so I'm excited for Season 2. Uh, so there's new rounds and they're inspired by epic quests across middle ages and i went back and there's five new uh sort of race slash challenge formats so they have one that looks like you're jumping over guillotines which is fun they have like a ball pit like jumping over a moat uh, in a castle um there's some more there but it's just adding to what i exactly what i wanted out of fall guys and it's a free update we don't know when it's coming out interestingly enough but I hope it comes out soon. That was actually one of my highlights for the entire show. Yeah, I think if they keep adding content to this game on a regular clip, uh, this game is going to continue to just be a massive hit. You know, we see with Fortnite, there's a, a Marvel partnership coming up, or maybe they've announced it. I, I don't know. I know there's something that they, they're teasing. If they can do stuff like that with Fall Guys just continually, this game is not going anywhere anytime soon. It's kind of a phenomenon. It sure is. And they're also taking a cue from Epic by adding sponsored uh, outfits to yeah. the game. We've seen Scout from TF2. We've seen an Enter the Gungeon Bullet. Like These are weird ideas, but it works for a quirky little game yep. uh, like Fall Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and feel free to backtrack, Jackson, if I get too far ahead here. I mean, I'm actually going to talk about the next game that they revealed, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, which surprised me only because I... I had heard about this game, but I didn't know that it was developed by Respawn. And anything Respawn does catches my attention. However, and I know this is a VR game, so it might be held to a different standard. It probably should be. But this looked very much like a PS3 slash Xbox 360 game to me. But still exciting that Respawn has like a built from the ground up for VR project in the works. Uh, and I, I v, for me, VR is like this is the type of thing I'd want to put my headset on for, like get transported to World War II um take on missions and kind of be in this whole other world which hopefully is built to the same quality that respawns other titles have been in the past yeah graphically it was not impressive and i'm assuming yeah i'm assuming that there's enough else going on there to to grip us i assume that the writing's probably great the performances are great um and the gameplay uh, there was a yeah the creative director i believe on the project was saying uh that we've put so much attention into leaning. And so like this feels like a VR game that might finally justify the VR as a product existing. Cause I just feel like we haven't even gotten there yet. And so medal of honor might have a chance to do it. Another thing that I wanted to note though, about this is that it's been revealed as an Oculus exclusive title. Yeah. um, Yeah, Which is a little, yeah, it's a little worrying to me. Um, because Facebook has made recent moves. I think they're Mm -hmm. just dropping the Oculus brand entirely, which I think is such a mistake personally. Um, But that's a little concerning, I think, for people. Very concerning. I have actually been following that story. I'm glad you brought it up. And it's a bummer, yeah, that uh, as far as I understand it, you you will have to 
there is some time for people who have an Oculus and have their account, but eventually you're going to have to sign on with your Facebook account or create one if you don't have one. And I know a lot of people don't like Facebook for a number of reasons. So that's, that's a, that is a major bummer. Yeah. And it's coming holiday 2020, another game where we don't know exactly when it's coming, but apparently in the next four months, we'll see it. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting four months. So I am actually going to kick it over to you because yeah, uh, I've actually talked about all the games that, that really got me excited. Uh, what else was on your list of, uh, games you enjoyed seeing so i wanted to mention destiny 2 beyond light um i've been an on again off again destiny player uh since destiny the first game came out in 2014 um i haven't played destiny 2 as much as i played one but um this expansion is coming november 10th and it's the first major piece of content since bungie cut ties with activision which is very exciting uh for me personally because we know how great bungie can be that's a really Um, good point yeah, I think it's a very good litmus test for what we can expect from Bungie in the future. Um, so from a gameplay perspective, they're adding a new power called Stasis because all of the Guardians are abandoning the light, which has been a main central theme for the entire franchise. Yep. And so we've got some new subclasses for Warlock, Hunter, and Titan. They all look really cool. Um, I will say that Games of Service, that format's not my favorite for Destiny. It relies on a lot of repetitions. So yeah. Basically, long way of me telling you guys that I'm going to play the new stuff if I have time, because this is really releasing at an awful time of the year in terms of way too many games. So if I have time, I'm going to go check out this game. It looks really cool. I want to play it, but we'll see. Yeah, it will be very interesting to see. I I won't play this, but I will be paying attention because it seems like when Bungie was at the helm, or I'm, I'm sorry, when Activision was at the helm, it seemed like they would always take two steps forward, one step back when they released one of these uh, expansions. So now that they don't have anybody to be beholden to, uh, maybe they'll just give people exactly what they want. I hope so, because Destiny has a passionate fan base and uh, they they all support Bungie fully. And another thing to note on that topic is that I don't think we'll be seeing Destiny 3 ever, personally. Now that Activision's out of the picture, Bungie knows that the players want them to just keep giving quality updates. A game can survive purely on updates. We've seen that time and time again. They don't need to force players to go out and shell another 60 bucks on a a title that they don't really need to. Yeah. Yep. So uh amidst the litany of other games that yeah we we didn't get to talk about uh the the, the last one for me was the finale uh Ratchet and Clank and I uh, have I have mixed thoughts on this one. I think this game looks outstanding what they're doing with this game and the teleportation mechanics to me looks awesome i think this is going to be a showpiece for next gen um i'm going to sound like i'm knocking xbox here but when xbox says that they're when they build games for both generations and they say that that's not holding them back i see a game like this and i'm like but this game literally couldn't exist on the playstation 4 you know um this is truly a next gen game so that's really exciting However, I was bummed that we basically got to just see an extended version of gameplay we'd already seen. Yeah, you make a great point about Sony. They basically prove their point with Ratchet and Clank that PS5 is worth people um, shelling out extra money for and going to next gen. Whereas Microsoft's strategy is get a Series X when you feel like it. You know, we're going to deliver our entire platform for every console, but you always have that sneaking suspicion in the back of your mind that games are being held back if they're released on previous gen and Ratchet and Clank proves it. 
Yeah, and when I, to be more specific, what I'm referring to are those teleportation mechanics where you jump mm-hmm. from, you know, it looks like in some instances you jump from one area of the level to another, but the parts where you actually jump from one whole level to another and there's no load time and it is instantaneous as far as I can tell, that's only doable thanks to the fact that we have these SSDs and these new consoles. So, um, yeah, it's this is this is a next gen game. You know, this is an example of something that we couldn't do a year ago, and uh, you know, in 2021, hopefully, we'll see other games that you know take advantage of the new hardware. But uh, very exciting. I just think the game looks really sharp. Insomniac, you know, they they know what they're doing. This is I'm I'm sure going to be um, a great game. Yeah, I, I really don't have anything else to say other than <laughs> other than what I've talked about, but. I would love to talk more about it because I'm actually a, a personal Ratchet and Clank fan. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I grew up playing the games and these were games that I would play over and over. It was that kind of experience for me. Um, so I do want to caution our listeners um, that a, the stream quality, I don't know what it is, and this has been across the board like Ubisoft Forward, I noticed this. The stream quality does not represent these games right. at all. Like on PlayStation's official YouTube channel, they uploaded a video of Rift Apart and it looks night and day compared to what they showed graphically. Um, I don't know how you were watching Gamescom, Josh, but I was watching on Twitch. I was watching Twitch on chat, YouTube. Okay, Twitch chat was memeing the hell out of uh, Rift Apart because they were saying, this is 30 FPS, this is not next gen. But if you go and look at that in-engine recorded fully 4k footage this does look next gen graphically yeah um so i don't want people to to be misled by the stream like go watch the raw video it looks incredible yeah i have no doubt that this game will look great now that said i this is kind of a larger conversation but i do i don't really expect a lot of developers to always try to hit that 60 frames per second because it's like Maybe if they were developing for the highest end PC all the time, they could do it. But when you add effects like ray tracing, which we know Ratchet and Clank is going to have ray tracing, that takes a huge amount of the processing power and the the memory on the PlayStation Five. So it's you know maybe if they didn't do ray tracing, they'd be able to hit 120 frames per second at 4K. But it's a give and take. So um, I, I don't fully expect any launch games to have just at least not the AAA ones to run at that 60 frames per second 4K on PlayStation 4. We know that Spider-Man will have a, a, an option for that, but you'll have to um, decide which mode you like to play better. So, Right. You're playing just like with game development. When you're actually literally playing a game, you're playing with limited resources at all times. And so the specs of the PS5 are supposed to relieve some of those and uh, give us even more high fidelity experiences. But at the same time, there is a limit. Yep. We got. We did get, I, I think it's worth mentioning, a release window. Uh, they say it's coming out in the PlayStation launch window, whatever that means. Yeah, that's a very vague um, description. And it kind of paints the picture that uh, we've all been feeling that neither of these companies want to announce. They just don't. They want, they're playing chicken. Yep. So they want one of, you know, their competitor to announce and then they want to um then announce when they're releasing their console. Uh, so I just hope, I mean, I think November 6th is the date that we were talking about with Xbox, right? Yeah. So I hope that that is the day. Uh, personally, I, I would rather these consoles come out sooner rather than later in the year. Me too. And uh, 
that wraps up our discussion on Gamescom opening night live. If you had any thoughts about it or reactions, uh, shoot us an email and let us know. And with that, we are going to take our second break and we'll be back with uh, what JV and I have been playing. And we're back and we are now going to talk about the games that we have been playing. So Jackson, I finally finished Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, that game, I finally came around to really liking that game. The, the story was great. The gameplay is great. Um, and it will be in my game of the year discussion. Uh, it's probably right up there with The Last of Us Part Two, uh, for me. And uh, the other game that I played a lot of this week was Mortal Shell. I tried to get to the end of that and I have a horrible story. I got to the, I beat all of the levels in the game. There are three main levels. I beat them all, beat all the bosses. And I was gearing up for the final boss fight. And the game crashed. And when I reloaded it, it said my save file was corrupted. So I'm done oh, with Mortal no. Shell. Yep. <laughs> oh, no, Josh. I'm so sorry. Yeah. it's. But I mean, it's the game is relatively short for a Souls-like. It only took me three or four days of playing it to get to the end. But it's frustrating with a game like that that actually takes significant effort. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to go back and redo. I, I do have an old save file, but I'd have to redo about six or seven hours of gameplay to get back to where I got. So... That's an experience ruiner. I don't think I'd ever touch it again either. That sucks, man. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, that's me. So this week I've been playing, revisiting Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I started a couple months ago and got back into it after all these games uh, have come and gone. And I'm just loving the experience of being a pirate. It's just such a fun game um, that I had uh, forgotten how great it was. So I've been revisiting that. And then, yeah, just a little bit of Warzone with the friends, experience that Cold War reveal. Uh, that's about it for me. So now we're going to get into our mailbag. And Kyra did write in with a response to the question that we asked last week, which was, are there any unannounced games or games that don't have release dates that you are excited to see or play? And Kyra did write in and she said, I'm very excited for a potential Guardians of the Galaxy game coming from Eidos Montreal. Now, Jackson, this game was, uh, I think, leaked or rumored at one point. What do you know about this game? So we don't know much, just that it might exist. This is an unsubstantiated leak as far as I can tell. Uh, But it's part of the multi-year huge contract that Marvel made with Square Enix, the publisher. So we know that this is probably going to come out once Avengers has been out for a couple of years if it is still coming out because this leak was from a couple of years ago. So, yeah, this might be one that, uh, you know, maybe we'll hear about it soon. And if we do, it's either going to be it's still coming or it's canceled or we won't hear about it. But uh, not to end the show on a <laughs> on a downer. Hopefully we hear something positive about this game. But that is going to do it for episode three of Preloaded. Um, before we do wrap up, I do want to uh, just reiterate that if you have any questions for us, please send them to preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. So if you, again, are listening to Preloaded on any of the audio podcasts, please drop us a review, a five-star review, rate us. And uh, if you feel generous, again, write us a written review and let people know why you enjoy listening. And again, Preloaded posts every Monday. You can catch it on JV's YouTube channel, or you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And uh, before we go, uh, as always, I'll say, at least for myself, I don't really have anything to plug on my channel. But Jackson, if you want to plug anything, uh, what have you got going on over on your channel? For me, uh, just the Mafia preview that I uploaded recently. um, There's some good info in there if you're looking forward to that game. 
Awesome. And uh, you can find me at Quest Mode Games on both Twitter and Instagram. Jackson, where can people find you? I am JV on YT, just like it sounds. And I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Awesome. And that'll do it for us. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening and thanks for watching. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.